There we go. So I'm going to go ahead and officially introduce you if people do not know you, and then I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit, and then we're going to get started. And um, like I told, this is Amy Fitzner, and like I told her, these calls are you guys' one time a month to come in and just talk and just about anything you're facing. And I wanted, Amy's amazing. And if you do not know her, she was a guest on my podcast. I can't remember what episode. It was a long time ago. Oh, but wow. uh, yeah, um, but she, she is a music teacher, just like you guys. Uh, so, I mean, you've been teaching for 20, tell me, 20, 20 years, 20 billion years. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I think and it's so, like 27 and I'm like, oh my God, am I really that old? So, but yeah, this is, this year's new for you too, right? Like you've never experienced anything like this. Um, so, yeah. right. And so we've been talking a lot about, even if you're not a first year teacher, it can feel like your first year teaching all over again. Has it felt oh, yeah. that way a little bit to you? Oh, I'm there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and tell, tell everybody about yourself a little bit, and then we're going to get started with discussions and Amy's just here right, to support so you guys. I blog at ofertunaorf.com. I publish with Beaten Path Publications. Um, but most important thing that I probably do is that I teach children. And I always say I teach children and that's first thing. Um, and, you know, I teach music to children, but I teach children that that kind of comes first. And I have a 12 year old daughter about to be 13. And oh my Lord, we are hitting the teenage years like hot and heavy with the eye rolling. And it's really fun. No. Um, and then um, I have a, of course, I have a husband and I have an 83 pound black lab. I'm originally from Maine and um, then moved down here about 23 years ago for the current job that I have. Never thought I'd stay there that long or be in one place for that long. So this is only my second job that I've had teaching music um, and I've been there that long. So, um, but I teach in an independent school, also known as private school. Um, so it's a very different kind of teaching situation, um, and I didn't know it was going to be as good as it was when I first walked into this situation, but it's been a wonderful place to grow and develop and nurture and have a budget and be supported as an expert in my craft. Um, and, you know, and pretty much everything I want, I go for and I ask, and 90% of the time they say yes. Awesome. So they sent me to Finland two years ago to the International um, Music Village with Yastasoy, which is the Finnish Orp Association. And then last year, they also sent me to Estonia, um, which is near Finland, um, about an hour away, hour and a half away from Helsinki. And so I've had some really wonderful opportunities to be able to do things like that. I was supposed to go to the Czech Republic to study um, and do an ORF course this summer. But of course, you know, that didn't happen. So mm -hmm. hopefully next summer, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. Well, awesome. We're so glad you're here. And so Amy, I told you, this is just the time, like I said, um, we haven't, I guess we haven't even seen each other in a month, how many members. And I do know it's hard to hit everyone. We uh, we're right at 110 members in harmony. And so it's hard to, accommodate everybody's times and days of the week they can come and so a lot of people will be watching the replay and I know they're going to get so much from this so who wants to start first I know we are in October and so some of you have either been teaching um, and like I told Amy uh, I do know some of your personal situations where you've started teaching a certain way and then you've shifted um, or you are doing like Amy said where you're teaching both in person and you know um, virtually at the same time. And yeah, there's been a lot of questions recording. around that. 
Yeah, I don't think we started recording when we were talking about that. So oh, okay. um, just to give everybody a little like background of where I'm mm -hmm. at. So I'm a high-risk teacher. So I'm streaming in from my classroom into grade-level classrooms part of the time. Mm -hmm. And then for, for certain grade levels, I also have them in my room. And I'm teaching behind an eight-foot by six-foot plexiglass wall with an air purifier and all the regalia. And then um, yeah. I flip every four weeks or so. I flip. So the kids that I have in my classroom flip to streaming. Um, at the same time oh. as all this is happening, I also have virtual learners who are at home full time and will remain, most of them are remaining so for the full year. Okay. Um, so some classes I have five virtual learners, some classes I have none. So mm. it really depends. Plus I'm using this new technology called Swivel. And so it's a iPad that goes on this little robot thing that I wear a microphone that's also a tracker and it follows me around, which can be a little weird. Oh. But it's also nice because I yeah. don't feel like I have to like carry around a laptop, which I know some people feel mm -hmm. like they're really tied to the laptop mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's that's challenging as well. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of doing all the things except for I'm not teaching asynchronously, but everything else I'm pretty much doing um, virtual face to face, remote, yeah. all of that blended thing. Yeah. So I have a question for you and then I'm going to open the floor to Harmony members. What? Because I know I've gotten this question a lot. When it comes to planning, when you sit down to plan, how are you, when you look at that and it's overwhelming seeing all the different ways you're teaching your students, how do you go about planning that and figuring out how to best teach? Do you know what I'm trying to ask? Where yeah, I do. And I, I, yeah. hear that, and I hear that question a lot mm -hmm. from people about the planning component. And I think one of the things that I thought early on when I realized this was school year was going to be really weird was I started taking a look at concept, skill, backward design. What's the most essential thing I need for my first graders to understand about rhythm in, at the end mm -hmm. of school in May? Okay. And then we're backward from there. So if I absolutely have to have them solid on quarter notes, eighth notes, and you know meter in four four and experience compound meter and experience three four not necessarily label it then i need to like sort of prepare like how am i going to get them there mm -hmm. through all the restrictions that we have with not sharing instruments not sharing materials not moving around not folk dancing not singing and all of those different things and so like i started kind of working backwards from that idea and that model about the five elements of music rhythm melody harmony uh, form expressive qualities and where I needed to get my students at the end, from the end of the year, kind of backing up into December and then kind of backing up to like right now in October. And of course, you, know, you want to still be able to do some of those things that you normally do. You just have to modify, modify, modify. And I feel like right. that has been like my mantra. Yeah. Modify, modify, modify. So like, you know, wanted to do past the pumpkin. I love past the pumpkin. We can't do past the pumpkin like we normally do. So. Right. What does that look like now? And so mm -hmm. the kind of games and the kind of activities have to change. And of course, some things we can't do right now. Like I'm not gonna do the Virginia Reel. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna work right now. So that's okay. We can do different kinds of things that attain the same goal. I've yeah. also realized that things tend to take a lot longer now. Yeah. Because our students have been out of school for so long um, and because of cleaning and because Kids are masked, you know, it's, it's hard to hear them. Um, right. They're more reluctant to participate and engage. I think because there's so many restrictions around what they can and cannot do, 
um, things tend to take longer and I'm an over planner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll have like four activities that we didn't get yeah. to and I'm like, okay, that's next time. But yeah. just kind of going through, I think each month and thinking in terms of a month, like where can I get these kids to at the end of the month? Where am I now? How many lessons do I have to get them there? It's kind of like taking our, our gargantuan trip. You know, you're kind of planning out your pit stops along the way. How far can I go on a tank of gas? That kind of thing and kind of planning out your month. And honestly, one of the things that that I think is going to be so challenging this year is that it can turn on a dime. Yeah. And it can change. Yeah. And we, you know, what have, what's we're doing today and we're planning for maybe a week or two weeks down the road. And I don't, I'm not a long-term planner. I never have liked long-term planning. I don't feel like it offers enough opportunity for student engagement and student choice and student feedback into that whole process. Um, so I've never been a long-term planner. It's mm-hmm. just not who I am. Mm-hmm. I love people that are, bless you, but that, <laughs> that's not me. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, everything can shift so quickly in this environment that I don't want to do planning, you know, three or four weeks down the road, just because we may be back in hybrid. We may be back, you know, synchronous learning. We may be shifting all to seesaw. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so, and I think that's part of the big challenge this year is not really the singing part. I don't think that's the biggest challenge. Honestly, I think it is the fact that it's so, there's so many inconsistencies and unknowns yeah yeah for sure and i like how you said the flexibility part because um in harmony i provide you know a full year's curriculum map and everything but i also the name of the game this year is flexibility because there's so many things where the way you normally would present us on your students you can't do that this year but you can't still teach it you're just gonna have to adapt and adjust as you go so um Justin, I want you to tell everyone um, and share with Amy, if you don't mind, not to put you on the spot, but Justin shared something amazing in the Facebook group about um, what he did this week with his kids or last week, I think it was last week, Um, but how you did, like, it's all about going back to flexibility. So just share what you did with them. I would love for you to tell her about that. Sure. And it's a funny story and you can't make this up, but I'm literally getting texts right now that that video clip that so well let me give you what happened but um so whenever eddie van halen passed away on tuesday um i actually took that really hard i've been a guitar player for as long as i've been a musician i started off playing trombone in the school band and playing guitar at the same time uh my professional career was um at least as a player was as an electric bass player Mm -hmm. i did that with the army band for five years and then um have been in junior high and high school band directing for, uh, I guess about six, six years total. And then this is my second year in uh, elementary music and my second year in harmony, but sorry, my phone is blowing up. So what I did is, um, uh, I went after Eddie Van Halen passed away. I, I just, I kind of like chopped my lesson in half and I said, I really want to express Mm-hmm. with the students that, you know, like this was a motivator for me when I was 10, you know, whenever I started playing guitar and I was playing trombone in the band and kind of how much that meant to me and, and all of that. And so I spent a few minutes uh, talking about Eddie Van Halen showed a picture or not a picture, a couple of videos. And then um, this week I brought my guitar um, and played a few Van Halen licks for him just to kind of like show him, you know, try to make that connection because, and my rationale was that, um, you know, like that's something that was kind of real life for me 
that motivated me and it was it was something you know and that's mm -hmm. totally outside the scope of like the academia mm -hmm. of, of music learning in the classroom so i felt like that would be good <laughs> sorry uh, no, so anyway on monday um one of our paraprofessionals took a video of me uh playing like that last tapping sequence and in, in, interruption it was like a 20 second long video when i left school today I had 2300 hits and um, everybody's wow. texting me right now because that video made the news here in Oklahoma. So, oh my gosh. Anyway, that's why my that's phone is blowing up. So I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm like, oh my gosh. But that's um, awesome. But I think, but really, like, and, and to me, and as I was kind of like, you know, and, and I didn't want to sound like weird or sappy about it, but I'm like, you know, I've been listening to Van Halen a long time, and that really influenced. Uh, you know me a lot and I've got a couple of like Eddie Van Halen guitars and, and an amp that's you know his signature stuff and and I was like you know like I've been a fan a long time it means something to me I want the kids to know those things that mean something to me and mm -hmm. um, making that kind of like human connection with the music that we do and then I kind of threw in a little bit like it's okay for us to express ourselves when we're sad because I don't sit around and play that kind of stuff a lot anymore I'm mostly a bass player in jazz ensembles now and so mm -hmm. Um, I don't get to sit around and play Van Halen licks anymore. And so mm -hmm. it gave me a chance to kind of knock off the dust and, and kind of make that connection with them. Um, but anyway, our, our school district, I probably should silence that, but our school district um, reposted the video early this morning because my principal shared it with them. And then I guess it made the news tonight. So yeah. it's uh, everybody. Hey, Justin, I want to, I want to first say that was amazing. And that <laughs> is incredible. And I also want to address something that you said, and I want to call you on it. You said that is outside the scope of what we normally do in the music classroom. And I want to come back at you and say, that's not right. <laughs> I want to say to you, I want to say that is totally within the scope of what we do as music mm, teachers. Sure. If you can't make connections with your kids and show yourself and who you are as a musician and who you are as a consumer of music, what the hell are we all doing, quite frankly? Yeah. You know, like, I just think that that we, you just took such an amazing opportunity to be able to express yourself with your students yeah. and really, you know, be real with them. And I think that is completely inside the scope of what sure. we do mm -hmm. in a music classroom. So mm -hmm. take all those opportunities. And quite frankly, this year, since we don't have to practice for concerts and all that kind of thing, like most of mm, us are doing that, we're going to take all those opportunities that we possibly yeah. can. Yeah. because we have that time this year. So yeah. I, I think that was a beautiful thing that you did. So yeah, I love that. I, um, I think I've shared this before, but when, you know, um, and Justin, you started as a band director, but I know, you know, the one elementary music methods class you get in college, you know, that one tiny, anyways, it's, it's very methods. Like this is what to do is the singing and the movement, the instruments, the, and then, so like you said, that was kind of ingrained in my mind was, you can't do anything else. You can't do any, you know, you have to just do folk dances. You have to, that's what I thought. And then when I got in there, I'm like, my students would start asking me to do other things. And I'm like, no, I can't. That's, but if I'm still teaching the concepts and they're still learning music and I'm still connecting, I thought, why though? Who, who, who is, who's they that says, you know, but it is, I think it's something that's ingrained um, by no one's fault, but I think just teachers sometimes think that they I can only do a certain way, a, you know. Yeah, and I think that's largely a part of the collegiate system and how we get yeah. to be music educators is, I mean, 90% of us who teach elementary music, we were not prepared to teach elementary music. We were not taught. We were not informed. 
I didn't mm -hmm. know anything. I had one elementary methods class. Yep. I thought I was going to be a high school choral conductor until I got into student teaching. And then God went, oh, hey, nope, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yep. And I went, oh, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I didn't know that this is where I was supposed to be, but this is where mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be. But I was completely unprepared and really kind of caught unawares as to what mm. this thing was called elementary. But I think we're so ingrained to, you know, teach that melodic line perfectly and be the perfect artist. And we get with little kids and we don't know what to do. Right. In part because we haven't had any training with elementary children, like really good, mm -hmm. solid training. Most of the training is it's geared towards secondary, let's mm -hmm. face it. We are, we are, you know, hit with all these huge orchestral pieces or huge symphonic band arrangements or, you know, five piece choral arrangements with symphonic orchestra, you know, and then you go to teach kindergartners and you're like teddy bear. Okay. I don't know how to do teddy bear because that was not my training. And yeah. we also don't, we're not informed enough about developmental ages and stages and how to really appropriately mm -hmm. teach little ones. I mean, they really, they really, it's, it's such a disservice, I think, the way that the, the collegiate system is set up. Yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah. one of my soapbox things. Oh, yeah. Don't get me going. Because That's, I really yeah. feel like they just do such a disservice to us. And I feel like the mm -hmm. push is so heavy on upper element, either middle school or high school. But there's so little that's really emphasized about elementary. And it, it's, you know, some people say, oh, you can't teach high school, go teach elementary. No, you no. got it backwards. Justin can relate to that. We elementary yeah. teachers, mm -hmm. we could go teach anything. Mm -hmm. We could mm -hmm. and be great at it because mm -hmm. we know fundamentally like how to build skills and concepts mm -hmm. from really young ages. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I just think it's it's such a problem in our country, the way that we tend to do music education. It's just really flawed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, yeah, Justin. Uh, yeah. So the only thing I was going to add to that is that um, like I, and I think it took me probably kind of going through that process of teaching elementary students to realize that kind of like what you said, Amy, at the very beginning, like you teach, you teach kids first and then the music is kind of like, you don't want to call it secondary, but it kind of is because if they don't know how to be people, you know, it's kind mm -hmm. of hard to get them to really understand concepts and things like that. And um, you know, even just a week and a half ago, I had a, a principal reach out to my principal and um, there's a, a teacher in our district who is coming from, from junior high, high school band. And um, she's been, she's been doing that, I think for, for seven or eight years. And then this is her first year in uh, elementary ed too. And so she's kind of learning all of the, like, like just the, the macro level stuff on like how elementary school works because and and i'm like i totally understand exactly yeah. where you are because i i was that band director that's like you never have enough time to get everything done you're always behind you're always on the clock you're working too much outside of when rehearsals are going on because you know you want the students to perform well and you've got contests and solos and ensembles mm -hmm. and all of that stuff coming up and um so i just really and all all i did with her as I said, if you can come and hang out for a day, I said, you're not going to get it in an hour because it's, it's not going to, you're not going to feel the context yeah. because it's just one grade level and mm -hmm. they're all very different. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just went through the process of how I structure my day and like the routines that I keep every single week. And then some of the things that are like what I'm teaching that week. And even though some of those routines may be the same, you know, the actual like, um, 
content area or the, or the whatever it is specifically may change just a little bit. But um, it was really, it, it probably helped me understand why I do what I do so well, having to explain it to somebody who's a year behind me, coming yeah. from the same, you know, from, coming from the same world that I left whenever I started elementary yeah. uh, teaching. So that, that was actually probably as good for me as it was for her, because I had to kind of explain rationale. And it's like, even though you think that in your brain, mm -hmm. when you got to vocalize it to somebody who doesn't understand what's going on in your brain, it, it requires you to think about it a little bit more. So mm -hmm. but that and was- you, And now you've realized just how much you've learned and how much you've grown as a yeah. music educator, just mm -hmm. teaching elementary and you know, like, oh, kindergarten's really different than second grade. Fifth grade yeah. is wildly different than third mm -hmm. grade. Like they're mm -hmm. just, at polar opposites and everybody think oh it's just elementary but it's like no kindergartners don't know how to do like vertical play with each other they do right. lateral play first graders can do that they can mm -hmm. do partner work in a way they can like and so that developmental thing is just so different and i think you don't really get it until you get in there it's not the same as like ninth through 12th grade mm -hmm. absolutely you know, developmentally yeah. they're at a really different point brain wise and mm -hmm. developmentally so i i think that that's just awesome i think once you can articulate you start realizing, oh, I've really grown like so much. I know what I'm talking about and I don't sound like an idiot now. Yeah. And a lot of it is just getting in there and doing it. And that's the best way you learn. And Justin, I know that that is definitely the case for you and Ashley and Jesslyn is just getting in there and doing it, figuring it out as you go. You feel like every day you're like, well, that was a total failure. Wow. I really did something with this class, you know, and it is, and it is, I always say that to you guys too. There's no failures. There's no like, oh, that was terrible or I'm a bad the music teacher, opportunity. right? I, what can you learn from that experience? If the lesson didn't go well, why was it maybe something even out of your, your control altogether, you know? Um, but yeah, that's when you take that off if of yourself, it's so hard. I but think, yeah. If you're particularly, we're all feeling like, you know, yeah. first year teachers in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. And like, you know, you try a lesson and it bombs and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not doing that again. Like on <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah. Cross that you off know, the list. It's, mm -hmm. it's just really different this year than in other years. I yeah. think just because there's so much more and there's so many layers yeah. of complexity about this year. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. kids have been off of school for five months. They're, some of them are just really freaked out by the virus being yeah. around and just very fearful of each other. Some of them are germaphobes already. Oh, yeah. And then you have kids that, you mm -hmm. know, can't physically touch each other. And, 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 and like, so, like, they're really, they're just operating under a very different system of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kids, like, you're right. They are hearing um, parents talk. My computer keeps making noises. I hope, it, I don't know what it's doing. Um, that's why I keep looking over there. Um, sorry, my um, son on the way to school the other day, he, he's my autistic son, but kids just say whatever's on their mind, but they are hearing, they are noticing and they hear COVID all around them. Everybody's talking about it. And I told him that day I was going to the doctor. I just been feeling dizzy and everything checked out normal. And I think it's just, I wasn't drinking enough water, but anyways, and it, he was like, mom, I think you're just going to die. And he just like stared at me dead look. And I'm like, I don't know how to respond to this, you know, but I'm like, mom's okay. But kids, but it just shows me because he's been hearing things on the news. So I've had to be a little bit more careful about not like watching news when he's around or even checking things on my phone. But kids are aware and they are, they hear ad the adults in their life talking about things all the time or inadvertently a parent's watching the news and they walk by and hear it or teachers are talking about it because of course you are. 
because of course you're wanting to have those conversations with them about like what's going on or is someone in your family sick or things like that. So kids are listening and they're aware of things going on more than you even think they are. And so if a kid is checked out and you know, they're going to be, whether it's in person or online, a lot of times it's not you, there's something else going on in their little lives and it's so hard. It really is. So Jesslyn, Ashley, what you got? You got any questions? Tell us any wins that have been going on. We'd love to hear about it. Ashley, you want to go? Um, yeah, I'm sorry if I seem like half paying attention. Our board meeting's happening right now, and they're trying to decide if we're continuing virtual for going online still. So I'm like, we've, all, we've all been there. You're, you're saying good. what's good? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've been online. Um, like Amy was saying, like I overplanned. Like I had all this stuff like planned for virtual learning and stuff. I'm like, oh, like the kids, like there's like no way they'll be like, I'm done, I'm bored. Mm. But then I realized, like out of like the four things I had in there, they only got through like one thing, maybe. Mm. <laughs> um, so I've definitely, which has made it easier on me. I've definitely scaled back. Um, Right off the bat, K to two, I abandon any kind of asynchronous learning and I just teach live the whole time, which is a little scary when technology decides it doesn't want to work. Mm -hmm. But um, I usually just upload my lessons in like a video format. So mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they can go and watch the videos. Mm -hmm. um, I guess a win though, I guess I'd like to share. Um, I felt like I was getting really monotonous with second grade. So yesterday it was like literally two minutes before I had them and when they're in first grade last year, they loved doggy doggy. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. It's mm -hmm. like doggy doggy, where's your bone? So yes. totally from your home. And you know, one kid hides a dog bone and the other kid has their back turned and they have to like sing, you know, who has my bone? I have your bone. And it's like an oral thing and they have to guess yeah. who has the dog bone. And it's literally two minutes before class starts. I'm like, I wonder if I could do this. <laughs> so they come on and I'm like, I've been thinking. And I said, how would you all like to play doggy doggy? And I'm like totally coming up with this like on the fly. And they're like, yeah, let's play. And I said, all right. So I had a whiteboard. And what I did was I had a kid who was ever it. I said, okay, you're going to press on mute. And you're going to turn around and I'll look at the computer. So unmute me, turn around. And then I would write a kid's name on the whiteboard. I go, okay, secret person, you're going to unmute. And they would unmute. And it worked. And I was Aww. like, how did this work? And every time I like pull a kid's name up, they'd be like, <laughs> like so <laughs> excited that they were next. So I was uh, really happy to, you know, do something exciting with them. And yeah. now you will trust yourself the next time you have a good idea to <laughs> roll with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, cause when you get yeah. excited about something and this is something I have learned as a music teacher, like if you get excited and you're passionate about something, it's infectious whether you're online or you're face-to-face -face with students. If you're buying into it, the kids are gonna buy into it. If you're not, if you're hesitant, guess what? It's gonna tank most likely because mm -hmm. you haven't really bought into it. And so like modify those games like that, Ashley, go for it. Do, you know, do all of those singing games like that. Do those guessing games like that. There's mm -hmm. so many ways to modify things online like that for your kids. And you know what? That was probably like the best thing that they had yesterday was yeah. they got to have this really fun singing experience and remember something that they had done mm -hmm. before. And that is awesome. That's a win. Mm -hmm. I love it. Ashley. So right now you are teaching strictly virtually, correct? Am I, am I remembering that right? 
Okay, unless school board votes and it's going to change. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, So how is that going? Because I know the last time we had a member call, you were struggling with planning enough content or knowing how to fill up that. Um, How long do you see your kiddos? Uh, 30 minutes. Okay, but online is different than in person. It's like, it seems Mm -hmm. like an eternity. So how are you doing with that? Are you feeling that that's going a little bit better for you? Um, I feel like kindergarten second, I've kind of reached like my niche niche, however you say it mm-hmm. with them, but like third through fifth grade, um, they were doing good, but like, they're starting to like tank a little bit on me. Um, especially like the older kids. It's just, I'm finding that like less and less of them are doing anything. Um, okay. and it's like, they're constantly like cutting out of zoom, which, you know, it could be anything. It could be their internet. It could be my internet, whatever it is. So it's like, you know, cutting in, cutting out. And it's like, I try to like message kids and like, I try to do soft reminders. Like I don't want to just assume a kid's not doing work. I'm, I'm trying to give everybody like the benefit of the doubt. Um, and it's like, I'm trying to put fun things in, but trying to get them to work but it's a lot easier to teach live with littles than the older kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I tried doing stuff with Chrome music lab, which I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to kind of give it around to and see if it goes better. Um, but it's just hard because we don't give grades in the first quarter. And okay. like, like I remember like a couple weeks ago, a kid was like, well, why do we have to do this? <laughs> and I was, what did I say? I did have a response on the spot, but I'm like, oh, like this is just like regular school. Like when you come in for music in the classroom, this is the same thing, coming for music. And that was a satisfactory answer for them. But it's just like, I've had kids who are like super enthusiastic about music. And I understand now with it being online, they might not be as enthusiastic, but it's just like, I'm trying to come up with yeah. things that would be, interesting with them um I did take a break and I kind of was working with rhythms because I introduced them to them last year and I was trying to get more um like materialistic things going on so I'd record videos and they'd have to like write and like show me like their notes and stuff it's just I mean super simple it wasn't anything too complicated but now what I'm realizing that I didn't realize last year is because our district is so big we have like 11 elementary buildings um kids move a lot like every week I think we have two new kids and it's like, you know, I really do want to teach like reading rhythms, but it's like, we don't have a set curriculum for our elementary building. So if I have some kids from one building, they might not be working on that. Mm-hmm. Then they come to my building. And I think yesterday I had a kid, he's like, I, I am new. I didn't learn this yet. And I was like, you're right. You didn't. And it's really quick to go over because I'm only doing like quarter notes and eighth notes, but you know, now I'm kind of reevaluating, like, do I even want to be pursuing this with, you know, how high our turnover is with kids? Um, so I've tried to go the route of, you know, more cultural awareness. And I'm, now I'm trying to find, like, musical artists who are diverse, but who are also modern, because it's like, I love jazz, don't get me wrong. Like, I played trumpet, I was in all the jazz bands. Like, you know, I could go on for days about it. But, you know, these kids don't find it, you know, interesting like I do. Um, so it's like, you know, if I want to talk about like Wynton Marcellus or Trombone Shorty, I could do it for a little bit, but they're, you know, like I get this much out of them. So I'm trying to find more contemporary artists, but it's tough, you know, like, you know, you know I try to pick for elementary group is so hard. Fifth graders. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, I mean, if I could bottle like the weirdness that is in a fifth grader, we would be so rich. 
because we could like sell that to foreign countries as weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're just wackanoodle. But I think one of the things that I think is really important that everybody have, whether you're face to face or virtual, is you have some kind of lesson flow and lesson structure so that there's sort of an anticipation of the kids like knowing what's gonna happen. So if you come in and you practice rhythms and remember rhythms, everything we do in music is spiral, spiral, spiral. So you're still going to work on quarter notes and eighth notes in first grade and fifth grade. It's mm-hmm. never going to stop. I have to work with it in adults at workshops mm-hmm. all the time. They rush the beat. It happens. Everybody does it. It's human nature. But I think having some kind of expected flow for we do this, we practice rhythms first, and then we might do some solfege or whatever you want to do next. And then we review songs that we've done in the past and we get into the meat of the lesson. We do some kind of movement activity between those two different things. We do some kind of follow-up. Just something that you can do that's manageable, but also that the kids have an expectation every time that they come into music that we're going to do this, we're going to do this. So that there's a, it kind of builds this relationship with you two of familiarity. Mm-hmm. And I know what, I know what we're going to do is we're going to do this and we're going to kind of go through this, this thing. And I think whether you're virtual, synchronous, asynchronous, face-to-face, blended, whatever you are, I think that that lesson flow and that lesson structure helps your planning, but it also helps those kids to understand this is what we do. Mm-hmm. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Amy, how do you keep your upper elementary students motivated? Is that, that helps having a, a lesson structure? It but... does help having that. So mm-hmm. my kids could, my kids come in and like, you know, whether we, whether I was recording videos last spring or now when I was seeing them asynchronously, um, for a while, and then I was seeing them streaming in, and then now they're in my classroom. Uh, no matter what we do, we always do rhythm activities first. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always. And I teach them this canon thing, and we do this four, um, four measure, uh, four beat, four part canon rhythm thing. And then we do some kind of hand game, whether it's the clapping game sevens or bim bum or something like that, something body percussion wise, we do that. And then we do a movement activity, whether it's a modified folk dance or we're doing a hip hop dance routine or, you know, some fancy schmancy thing, who knows, some movement activity. And then we get into the meat of the lesson, which mostly for me almost always involves some kind of children's book because I love kids books. Um, So we get into the meat of the lesson that way. I just did the book yesterday, which is hysterical. If you don't know yesterday, it's perfect because you just have the kids like explore rhythms and it's, you know, absolutely, absolutely yes, absolutely no, maybe yes, you know, and come up with all these words for yes, other words for yes. It fits great with, you know, if you're preparing for 16th notes, absolutely perfect. Um, and it just reviews all those rhythms and then they come up with, they develop into a four beat rhythm chain and then you put it with the book yesterday. And then, you know, my kids have done a lot with preparing 16th notes. So then we're going to actually be, you know, labeling it the next time that I have them into classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do some other kind of movement activity. And then we usually end with um, either some technology or we do another movement thing. I mean, right now, this is very different than normal planning because we usually would be doing a lot of prep for song work and things Mm -hmm. like that, where, you know, we're doing songs in our class, but we're, you know, my, my thing has been just tell my kids that we're singing in our head and we're singing in our heart, mm-hmm. and we're singing at home. Mm-hmm. And I have just said that we are singing differently this year. Yeah. I have not used the words dangerous because I think that's dangerous. 
to tell kids that singing could be dangerous. So yeah. we've just said, you yeah. know, our heart, our head, and our home, and we're still singing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we might do a little bit of humming. Um, my kids learned skid and bones today. We I do it in third grade, and then I then I up it in fourth grade, and we do it as um, we do a big ORF arrangement with it, and you know all the toys and, and stuff, which we're not using this year because I can't mm -hmm. let them share a lot of instruments, but we did find a way to figure out how to do ORF instruments. So they pulled those out. We're doing a bucket drum piece and we're actually preparing that. Um, and it's to a trap remix of a Beethoven piece. Oh yeah. Which they love. I mean, all that trap remix stuff is just great. And it's a great way to pull in some classical pieces as well, mm -hmm. because so much of that stuff has been redone. Bucket drumming is a real kicker for my kids. They absolutely love it. They love the trap stuff because it makes something very old, very modern. Mm -hmm. And they love it, you know, when that boom kicks in and they're like, yes. And so like, you know, those kind of pieces we did uh, when the beat was born, um, which is a story about the first artist who started doing hip hop. Oh, cool. And um, cool, DJ Cool Herc was his name. There's a book. There's actually a read aloud. You can get it on YouTube. Oh, cool. And then yeah. um, Carnegie, Carnegie, is it Carnegie Hall? Yeah, Carnegie mm -hmm. Hall has a, a whole thing about hip hop artists. And it, it's free. You can go on and just sign up for it, and all the courses are free and everything's on there free. Oh, awesome. And they have this really nice one that's on hip hop, which was great. And so then my kids are actually going to write a rap um, probably in January. Like, I'm kind of looking forward into mm -hmm. that way. But um, yeah, having some kind of lesson flow, every single class is really important and having some kind of, of something that really challenges them, whether it's a cool hand game that they can do or some kind of challenge where they create something. So like once my kids learn like four white horses, four mm -hmm. white horses, then, you know, then they have to create their own clapping game. And the way that I structure that is we, once we've learned the clapping game, then they have to change one element or like once they learn boom, snap, clap, which is perfect right now because it's speech, um, then they have to change one element. So they can't do boom here. They have to do boom somewhere else. Um, so they have to figure out what that looks like. And then they start changing other elements and then other elements. And pretty soon you've got this huge thing. Um, boom, snap, clap is nice too because it's a solo activity as well, which is nice right now where we can't touch or share or work in groups yeah. and all that. So yeah. But I think, you know, finding things that challenge them that also push a little bit into more modern and more contemporary music, I think are great ways to satisfy curricular goals as well as to satisfy, you know, their desire for something that's a little bit more mm -hmm. modern and not the traditional folk. Mm -hmm. And I like how you said too earlier this year, there's not going to be a lot of focuses on music performances and programs. And so in a way it's thinking about it like music appreciation, like you would have a music appreciation class for middle or high school, not teaching it the same way at all, but you're going to be able to do a lot more music appreciation activities when it comes to doing things about composers and instruments that maybe you haven't had time to do in the past. Um, and so Ashley, even if you do want to bring in something about jazz music, you can definitely bring in other styles of music and other composers. You can do some comparing and some contrasting and listen to this jazz piece and listen to this modern rap, you know, school appropriate they can even just listen to the instrumental track compare and contrast why did they use those instruments in that song and why did he choose these instruments in this song and why why do you think he chose trumpet and over here they chose you know whatever the instrument is um there's just so many things you can do around that where you're not just doing a lesson around that 
maybe the first time you present it that way, we're going to listen to this. And the next time we're going to bring it up again, I got three songs to compare and contrast it with and listen. We're going to talk about it, write about it. Like she said, you can do an extension activity off of it. Um, you can even give them their own musical artists or composers to explore and come back and present it to the class. There's just, it, it is just about like a lot of, to me, and Amy, I, I know I heard you say this too, it, or Ashley, what you were talking about, about the lesson you tried where it was like off the top of your head. A lot of times the best lessons I found that work amazingly well are the ones that you did not even have in your lesson plan that week at all. It was like not even there. And you're like, you know what? I feel like I kind of want to try this. And then bam, because you are like she, like Amy said, you were excited about it. And what are your students? They're like, oh my gosh. And so you may find this year too, that a lot of the things you did last year and those first graders who are now second graders, it's okay to re-go over things you did with them last year. Cause now it's not, it's just going to be review. And even if you have new students, they'll pick it up quickly and you can add to that particular activity now that they're older you know, and so and I've, done, I've done a lot of that this year as well, mm -hmm. like kind of revisiting things that we did yeah. in the past, but like upping the ante, adding, mm -hmm. you know, That's adding a, an accompaniment part, adding, you know, they have, my kids have music packs. So adding something where we're layering in some ostinati and we're, we're layering in some body percussion, mm -hmm. um, because I find, especially with the older kids, body percussion is such a nice hook for them. Um, because there's so much that you can do with it and it's some of it can be really, really challenging for them. Yeah. Katie, I was typing you a message. Do you want to talk next? I can. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Katie, Amy, this is Katie. <laughs> so how's it been going? I'm still standing. So you're, um, you're teaching on a cart right now. Yes. Oh, bless you. She said, yes. At first, I try really hard to be positive and, you know, like, we're not gonna, like, lose our music program for being on a cart. Like, it's not gonna be a bad thing. Right. But I'm also very, very, very tired of mm -hmm. this stupid cart. Mm -hmm. It's It's hard. Because, and I'm finding out that other schools in my district are doing something completely different. So I got what's on the call and I got off because my boss at church, she's also a music teacher at another school across. I live right on the border of, I live on the Georgia side, but Alabama's right across the river. So she teaches across the river. And so she was kind of griping about her cart issues and then we're talking some church things. But her husband teaches in my county and he was on a cart for the first quarter once the kids came back in the school and we're on a choice model so people are still virtual it's anywhere like my school's anywhere from like three to 10 12 maybe um in a class that are on zoom and then there's also kids in the classroom which adds a whole fun layer to teaching on a cart but he was teaching 30 minutes 30 minute classes and then he'd have a 30 minute break to sanitize or do whatever he needed to do to transition for the next class well, I'm teaching for 50 minutes on a cart with 10 minutes to go to the next room. And I'm not using things, you know, I have them, mm -hmm. if we're going to do like a rhythm stick activity, I say, get out your sticks. And now they all know to pull out their pencils um, because they're just used to that connection of the old term to a new situation. Um, so I'm on a fairly regular schedule for our school, but on a cart. And the art teacher and I are both like, whatever it takes for us to be back in our room, 
we'll do it. If I have to clean 24 chairs every time I change classes, I'll clean 24 chairs if that means I can get off this cart. Um, so Katie, can I ask you a question? Yes. Like, is, is that a school mandated thing or was that a principal choice or was that your choice? It was not my choice. I said at like over the summer, I said, if we need to go to a cart, that's, I'm fine with that. Um, if that relieves some of the planning that it takes to avoid, you know, cross contamination, if that will solve some issues and take some things off the planning perspective, then that's fine. Um, however, I did not intend for it to be so long term. And in our building, it, there's no end in sight, or at least no talk of there being an end in sight. How did you um, start? How did you start the school year? I started. We started full virtual for three That's and a what half I thought. weeks. Okay. Um, and, then, and it really turned into four weeks by the so time the kids actually came back. They decided to bring you back, before. but then put you on a cart. Yes. So okay. I was teaching from the building, but every kid was at home or oh, at a daycare right. or wherever. Okay. Um, and then, so that was for about four weeks. And then we finished out the nine weeks on a choice model. We had, we just started our second nine weeks today. Every kid that wanted to change to in-person was supposed to come back today. Um, so we had 27 come back that were not here for the first quarter. Um, which it's not really seemed to have made that much of a difference. And we got, I saw today in the grade book, I want to say seven new kids for this quarter, but I also live right near an army base. So that's not unheard of. Um, and then there's a program through the department of defense and a lot of their school switches happen around this time of year. So it's not unheard of for us to get a random chunk of new students at a very odd time of year. Um, so yeah, and then there's another school where she sent me a message today and said, well, how are you doing this in person and virtual at the same time? And I said, what do you mean? Have you not been doing that this whole time? Yeah. And she said, no, we have. So like there might be four first grades and one of those first grades is virtual. So like whenever it's that class's day to have music, she does it all from the computer. Oh, so she has and her rotation. starting yeah. to go down. And so they have more kids coming back. And so they're having that mixed homeroom like we have at my school. Mm -hmm. So apparently nobody's doing anything the same. And if you know anything about me, that drives me nuts. Because mm -hmm. we're not all on the same page. And that's, that's one confusing. thing that drives me My, my county nice. here yeah. where I live in North Carolina is very similar. So I have, I have um, so I teach in an independent school. So I'm not part of the county, but I have lots of county music teacher friends. And like one of my friends has music every single day every single day. The school three miles away had music once every 12 days. Wow, what? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the number of, of, of their specialists. It's the number of mm -hmm. specialists. It's not what the specialists are. So it's the numbers of special classes or special teachers that they have. So it, it's just, it's so random. But Katie, can you go and talk to your, your admin? Do you feel comfortable doing that with your art teacher? Um, we put it, so our district asked our principals to have us answer a bunch of questions and the part where like, basically it's like, here's your platform to air all your grievances with the current plans. And both the art teacher and I wrote basically a novel in the section that was, what issues do you have with the current structures that are in place? 
And she has promised to sit down and read every last letter of every last word of our things, which I really appreciate. Um, and I'm also our team lead for the specials department. And right now there seems to be a little bit of an issue with communication with our admin, not from our side, but admin forgetting that we're part of the school or that we need to be in the loop mm -hmm. just as much as the classroom teachers. There were some issues with schedules this week. We were doing dismissal a little bit early before and they decided to push it later by 10 minutes um, in first grades at the end of the day. That's really fun. Um, and so we thought we were supposed to be done with first grade at like 2.05 and the first grade teacher said, no, we're doing a late dismissal today. Well, nobody told us that. And so I felt bad because I gypped that first grade teacher yesterday of some of her planning time that she had thought she was getting back. But you didn't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I was in the office when I found out about the change in dismissal time. And I kind of, you know, politely, but said out loud because the admin's doors were open. I said, well, nobody told us we were doing dismissal later this week. Um, and then the assistant principal stuck her head out and she said, well, we told you in the faculty meeting on Thursday. And I said, the faculty meeting that you said, my team didn't have to be at because it just related to the other teachers and you didn't want to waste our time. And so we had our own team meeting to go over these questions and kind of meet as a team. Um, so yeah, just hey, Katie, I'm just going to tell about. you, it, it is not just in your world. It is yeah. not just in public schools. Yeah. It happens in private schools too. Yeah. So don't, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Don't let it yeah. discourage you. It's nothing personal. It's just that we are often the forgotten crew. Yeah. So and I can, I can do the cart for another quarter. Like, I'd be fine with that. I just think that if I had an end date to it, mm -hmm. I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, it's I mean, it's the same thing. Sustainability factor. Yeah, right. I mean, it's the same thing with like, when is all of this going to end? Like, <laughs> it's getting real old real fast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that right now, like this week might not be a good time to go to them because I have constantly, I'm the kind of person like, okay, I've asked my two allotted questions. I'm not going to bother you anymore. Um, so I think that maybe as we start look maybe after progress reports for the second nine weeks um maybe i'll start bringing that up with admin of like hey maybe after christmas could we not because you know with me going into the classroom and then going from this homeroom to this homeroom i'm still like i'm a walking firm right you no know? like it's not i don't really think it's that much safer yeah um i would agree. I, would I would do everything in my power in my room to keep them mm -hmm. safe Mm -hmm. Yeah, because not only that, but you're also taking the germs from that one classroom and mm -hmm. potentially delivering them to another classroom. And I yeah. just think on the cart teaching, I think it's a really bad idea on so many yeah. levels. Yeah. yeah. We've, luckily, we've gotten the technology part of it figured out because our school was able to get iPads for everybody. And I have an iPad um, that I can use. I do like a rock star reward system. So I figured out a way to digitize that. Mm. And so that's on the iPad. Um, I put in their grades on the spot on the iPad, which has been really helpful, saves me a lot of time on the other side of things. Um, so they, the teachers have an iPad on a tripod and it faces the smart board. And so I'm teaching at the smart board in my little bubble um, to the kids in the classroom. And then the kids on Zoom are right in front of me so that they have questions they can ask. 
The problem is when the, the kids in the classroom forget that I'm also helping at-home kids and they interrupt each other. Mm. And it's especially like my Friday second grade class, they drive me nuts. Cause I'm like, you have to wait your turn. I am one person. And like, if the teachers are in the classroom, they bless their hearts. They try really hard to help. Um, you know, they're just, they see me struggling and they're trying to help. But then I feel bad cause it's their planning time and they should have their planning time. Like everybody should. Um, so like, I don't know. There's positives. Well, I have a question for you. So what are, what are you doing that the kids are requiring so much help? Um, one time, so I'm a school that has Quaver access, which for right now has been very helpful, um, especially for my upper grades. I'm giving them some time to explore and do some of the more creative things on there where they're kind of doing their own um, like compositions and stuff like that while I make sure that they've turned in all of their other things for the last nine weeks because our grading window closes on Friday. Um, but I think a lot of it is that class in particular, um, it's a lot of like attention needing. And so they ask me for things that don't need to happen right that second. Mm. Like, can you come help me? Can you sharpen my pencil? And, but then they gotta ask me six times until I get over there to their pencil they don't hear me say, yes, I will be right there. Let me finish answering this child's question and I'll be right with you. They have to ask me until I take the pencil from their hand and give it back. Um, so I don't know, you know, maybe that class needs some more personalized, like including their It sounds their to me like they need more active hands-on music making to get mm -hmm. the wiggles out and to do a lot more um, non-paper and pencil, non-technology kind of activities that are not yeah. gonna require those questions. Right. There'll always be that one class. Yeah. That's like the it's always second grade. <laughs> that's like the here's the other four second grade classes and then you got that one. And you're like I always call second you put graders them all the together. Middle, yeah. I always <laughs> call second graders the middle schoolers of elementary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're needy. Yeah. yeah they are, they're not the little babies mm -hmm. in first grade. Mm -hmm. And they're not the grown up, more mature, you know, sophisticated, independent third graders. Yeah. They're so stuck in between. They just have figured out that they're boys and girls. Right. Yeah. Like nobody wants to play with anybody else. And everybody's got cooties. Yes. And then the girl drama starts about January, you know, and it's just like, mm -hmm. they're just a wonky, wonky group. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sorry that you're going through all that. And I hope that you can mm -hmm. figure out some things that will help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Keep asking questions in the Facebook group. All right, Jesslyn, I want to give you time to talk before we end this call. Um, I know you said you have something you can use some tips on, so go ahead and ask away. So I'm going to start with yesterday. I got the sheer honor to sub for kindergarten all day long. Oh. <laughs> and boy, was that a treat. Um, yeah, they have a special place in heaven up there for kindergarten teachers. Oh, for sure. <laughs> wow. That was something. But my question is, so I've had, I've been on a cart going to each classroom. Not ideal. Hopefully, once our preschool building is finally built and finished, I'll be able to go back to my room. Um, but I've noticed in their classrooms, they like, like, because I have chairs and stuff now. and never have had chairs in my music room. But now they like lean on everything. They're mm -hmm. always playing with their stuff, always leaning on their chairs, 
or they just flat out aren't participating because they're focused on leaning on their chairs. I, I don't know. I'm like stuck on that. So here I had the same situation happen. Part of it was procedures of like stand up, push your chair in, mm -hmm. step one step away from your desk or put an arm length away from your desk or you involve that chair in everything you are doing. They're circling around the chair. They're going over the chair. They're, I even have my kids crawling underneath the chair. I had them flipped up on their backside with sticks playing on the legs of the chair. I mean, we just involved the chair so that there wasn't that leaning thing. And I did have to go talk to a couple kids idea. and be like, you know, I said to you a million times, we're not going to lean. You keep mm -hmm. leaning. Next time I see you leaning, we might have to have a different conversation about having your parents. And mm -hmm. for them, that's like the big, yeah. you know. But I think, you know, try to involve that chair as much as you can uh -huh. in what you're doing. But also stick to your guns about what your expectations are every time you come in that room that we are standing up, we are facing forward, we're stepping one step away, whatever you can do mm -hmm. to get them mm -hmm. an arm's length away from that, because mm -hmm. they're not going to go an arm's length forward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. just the proximity it's just a proximity problem I think a lot of times and I think too this comes back to where technology has been our enemy in a lot of ways because kids what do they do they're on their iPads they're on their tech and they're not using their core muscles and their core strength we've heard it from different people you know all mm -hmm. these different exercise psychologists and all of this have talked about the core muscle thing and I think it's such a real thing. And I think that's just such a problem that you're seeing right now, Jessalyn. But I think mm -hmm. if you really try to make it a part of what you do, it's just your procedures and you just stick to your guns about this is the procedure. When we stand up, we do X, Y, Z. My kids have music packs. And so like half the, you know, half the kids are trying to make them fly around the room. We eventually had to get to a point where, you know what, they go under your seat. Mm -hmm. So that it just was a proximity problem. They were too close to it and it, they were sitting on their desk and the classroom teachers would put them on their desks and then the kids would sit there and like start playing with it. So I was like, no, nope, we're going to put them underneath your chairs, out of sight, out of mind. And it, you know, it became a proximity problem because they couldn't reach underneath and get them easily. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that, you know, it's, for me, it's a proximity issue. And, and mm -hmm. now that we've got it nipped in the bud, they're great about it. Okay. One thing I thought about too is, um, my, you know, I'm probably the wicked witch of the West here, but um, one of my favorite things to do is like the element of surprise where the kids, you know, you use one kid, kid as an example, not to embarrass that kid, but for the, you know, if it's been an ongoing issue with one child or the whole class, you and you've told this particular kid 897 times in a row, just take that sweet little chair with you, park it at the front of the room. The kid's like, I, okay, I have no chair. And what happens? It's like, a, you don't even have to say anything. The kids around them are like, okay. I'm going to not stand by my chair anymore, you know, and it, and then that child will come in the next time and not lean on their chair. If it's a whole class issue, obviously you can't keep doing that the whole class mm -hmm. period, moving everyone's chair, but look for that kid that you've had to remind over and over and over and mm -hmm. they'll only need to lose that chair one time before they realize. But I also like Amy, like she said, if you can't, what is that phrase? I'm so tired. I can't remember it. You know, you can't, um, can't beat them, join them. Not, that's not the right yeah. Not beat them. What am I, I trying to say? I was, was you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know. I can't like Ashley's moment of desperation. I was like, okay, yeah. we're going to take the chair. 
And we're going to turn it into the mountain that we're going yeah. over. We're going to find, mm -hmm. you know, a way to go over the mm -hmm. mountain. And how can you go under the mountain? And, mm -hmm. you know, and then we were like playing with trying to find a metal mm -hmm. sign. And one of the kids says, oh, you know, my chair legs are metal. I'm like, great, crawl underneath yeah. your chair. They looked at me and I'm like, yes, crawl underneath your chair. That's like, awesome. they don't ever get to do those kind of things mm -hmm. in their classroom. Yeah. So let's provide them an opportunity to really explore, like, yeah. outside the box. You've got to think yeah. outside the box and just run yeah. with it. And yeah. a lot of the lesson plan packs that a lot of the modifications I've been putting in there is either body percussion or use the things you already have available, which is the tables, the chairs, the desks, the whatever, you know, they can, like you said, they can make music on anything. It doesn't just have to be an instrument. And I'm huge on that because I had nothing in my classroom for like three years. So that's, I had to be creative. The kindergartners would walk around the room with a rhythm stick. We would explore sounds. We went outside and explored sounds to listen around us and hit the rhythm sticks on things where they couldn't break them, but you know, like <laughs> give some parameters around that. But um, yeah, use the chairs, involve the chairs. They can even be the kids' partners and they'll think it's hysterical, but just, you know. Mm -hmm. We've done um, <laughs> clapping games on chairs. Yeah. We literally take the seat of the chair and that's their partner and they have to do the clapping awesome. game with the chair. Or awesome. we do like a game where we sing a song and then I'll vary the tempo of the song while I'm singing it. And whatever speed they, that I'm singing, they have to go around their chair. The goal is to get back in their chair by the time the song is done and sit down. Hmm. whoever's first wins now we don't hmm. even keep points or anything but you know it's just giggly fun and they just love it or i'll do it with dynamics the same kind of mm -hmm. thing you know if i'm just doing it quietly you have to walk on your tiptoes and we circle around our chairs or we circle around the group of desks yeah. but some way to involve that so that it's not your enemy mm -hmm. yeah as well that's good okay you guys anybody got anything else um uh, it, as usual, if you have anything, you can post in the group. You, I'm always available. Email, message me and Amy. Um, what's your email address in case anybody wants to get a hold of you? I know you're I'll super busy. But yes. And make sure you check her website out, you guys. It's seriously so amazing. She has so many amazing blog posts. And also, you are, you have some books. Are they on your website? Um, so my website is actually shorter now. So I have a full www. So there's the website. And then okay. Is musicfold.hotmail.com and then all my oh, books okay. are available from all the I have five books that are published by Beaten Path Publications mm -hmm. and they're available at West, Music in Motion, Pepper, all those places. Mm -hmm. um, music is elementary and then you can buy them direct from the publisher site at syncsmileplay.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming and joining us tonight. Oh my gosh, this was amazing. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, thank you all of you that could join live and those of you watching the replay. Um, thank you for joining us too. You guys have an amazing rest of your week and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.